welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Michael Zimovich. Hello. And today's podcast is brought to you by realitysportsonline.com, a powerful fantasy platform that lets you manage your fantasy team like a real-life GM. So use the promo code NERDS10 for 10% off the platform fee. And today we are talking quarterbacks and tight ends, rookies, that is, 2015 rookies. Not excited. A not, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot to talk about. Definitely, no, but we're able to squeeze both these positions together because it's like the it's a really shallow group. Right. There's for me, there's only really like four guys that I even kind of want on my team, and then some prospects. Right. So that's yeah, where it's I'll at. Agree. Yeah. Um. So the 2015 class, to me, out of all these guys, is definitely centered on the number one guy we're going to talk to, is Jameis Winston, Florida State, six four, two thirty one. Ran a four nine seven, you know, has that Big Ben build, and right, he's somebody, you know, he's only lost one college game. He's got that pedigree, right? I it, yes, exactly. Just straight out of the prototypical guy that I personally like. Top high school quarterback, maybe not number one, but like you know, he was in the top couple guys, you know, probably an ESPN top fifty for sure yeah. as high school. Goes to Florida State, which to me just is one of the best college football programs in the country evidenced by, you know, playing for national championships, winning national championships. He's going to be the first pick in the NFL draft. Most likely. Gotta love so it. it's constant Heisman trophy winner. So you're a top high school dude. You win the, you win the Heisman trophy. You you're playing at top, top notch university. And you're gonna be the first pick in the draft. To me, that just, I, I love that. Yeah, I do. Now, too. granted, does that equal success in the NFL and thus equal, uh, you know, fantasy production? No, but it, I it like it, odds, right? For it, sure, right? I mean, because that's what that's what it is. It's an it's an odds thing, you know. You're playing. What's your best odds of picking a player to contribute? You know, and I just I, like, I, I like it. Like last year, we thought Teddy Bridgewater was the safest bet out of the rookie quarterbacks, and that turned out. I feel like Jameis Winston's one of the safest bets to come out. In a long time. I mean, I really, really like his game. Definitely ever, like, studying up on him a little bit more, too. You know, actually sitting in there and watching some tape on him. I mean, the guy's got above-average ability. He sees the field really, really well. You know, he goes through his reads, playing the right. pro-style offense. He's scanned the field really well. Uh, he can anticipate his throws, throwing them in the windows, throwing people open. And that's huge, you know, to be able to anticipate throws and know where your receiver's going to be, know that route tree. He's a very confident guy. And, you know, he obviously with all those comebacks, he's, he thrived under pressure. Oh, I love That's the part I love most about him. Me being a Hurricanes fan is it's well documented a million times. Like, I always like to watch Florida State to root against them. Like, oh, who's going to beat them this week? You know, mm-hmm. who can I root for? It's just kind of like one of those, like, troll-type things. I just want to watch it. Go towards Michigan. Right, and I do the same thing for Ohio State. I kind of just watch and root for the other mm-hmm. team. And then when it gets to be a blowout, I change the channel, you know? Which is probably often. Yeah. But this past year, Florida State was on the rope so many friggin' times that... You're glued to oh, the Oh, so too. glued to it. And it was like, man, Winston is so friggin' good, man. He just... I don't know, like... He's got the... You know, Eli Manning's one of those type guys that always come... Seems like they know how to 
he could have the worst game ever, but he seems to know how to navigate in the crunch time. Yes. You know, I just love that that trait in guys. It's cool. You yeah, know? me too, man. He and he is he's a leader on the field. His one really scored this came back. It was good. And I remember I heard Not, something it was better than good. It was great. It was like right up there with like the Peyton Mannings, Andrew Lux, Russell. Mannings. Yeah, I mean, yeah. For, I think it was like it, 28, it, I think the same as Payne Manning. The, the thing that's shocking for as many dumb things as that guy seems to do off the field, you know. He's pretty cerebrally uh, intelligent. Right. Yes, and I remember it was a couple weeks ago, there was an NFL GM, and I think it was at the scouting combine, and they were talking about Jameis Winston. And they're like, what do you think of Jameis Winston? He's like, well, you know, he's like, I keep on my phone, you know, some of my favorite plays by certain players. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that, that I like to kind of remind me of. He's like, here's my favorite play of Jameis Winston. And it was Jameis Winston. Uh, it was a short intermediate pass. I think it was something along those lines. And Jameis Winston ran downfield and threw a really important block. And it could have been a run play as well. But I know the, the important part of it was he ran downfield and threw a block. He's like, you see that? He's like, he's the quarterback. He sprinted downfield and threw this block. He's like, that shows you what kind of heart and what kind of football well, player he is. Right, exactly. That, I mean, to me, like the guy's got is full of heart, man. And he wants to win. Uh, you know, I mean, really, the only the only thing that you can really say negative about him, and, and it's big, but like the off the field issues, you yeah. know what I mean. But like, I'm not going to worry about that. I don't yeah, know. him. What he what he said in the in a cafeteria does not concern me. Whatsoever. No, it just it just because like when you combine it with the other alleged, uh, I mean, you know, still the Crabtree's thing that was kind. I mean, that's just that's just a bone crab head. legs. Crab legs. <laughs> say Crabtree. Yeah. yeah. Still um, on the Michael Crabtree's. <laughs> yeah, but still in the crab legs. I mean, that's pretty dumb but i mean again stupid. he's in college i've done i did tons of stupid college things and as far as like the alleged uh sexual assault too i mean they they studied the heck out of that and there was like there was even char- charges filed against right. him so yeah you, you know like you can i mean i don't really want to get in, into that too much but you could go either way man you know yeah. what i'm saying it's like he, 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 you can go the way where like oh somebody just said it because he's Jameis winston right or oh, that, Jameis that winston thinks he's Take, he thinks, he, he thinks he's, he's Darren Sharper. He can do whatever he, <laughs> he wants. Whatever so he you wants. can see it, yes. And but he, you know, you gotta go by the court system and right. no charges were even filed. He even go to court for right. it. So, so as I, far as I am concerned, I think he is such a competitor. I think he will be all in. I think he's gonna be safe for an NFL team, the pick. I think him going to Tampa Bay, which is the most logical scenario at this point, is tremendous for him because he I mean, look, he's got Mike Evans. He's going to have us Austin Safarian Jenkins. We don't know about the run game. And he's got Vincent Jackson that, like, lean on early. Right. And you know what's awesome about about that? Where I think this is where Tampa Bay, and who knows what, I don't know what they're thinking, and I'm just going off the top of my head. But typically, if you take a quarterback number one, it seems like the logical thing is to get him another weapon offensively. Well, Tampa Bay's got three nice offensive weapons in the receiving. So in the receiving core, so. What if I know their line's bad, but what if they like paired and, and drafted one of those stud running backs, man? With you and know, and three, r- yeah, or even you know, even before that, what well, if it, you that, know yeah. what I'm saying? High, high in the second round, right? And, I mean, he's I got, mean, maybe that would be you know a reach or whatever, but you could still get a good one in the third, I'm sure. But you could have a nice little nucleus right there as long as they could build on their offensive line, which seems to be a, a weakness. And maybe, and maybe they do. That's a route I would go. I'd much rather go the route of building an offensive line to help James. Okay. And not only that, that then you have Charles Sims and you have uh, Doug Martin to kind of fall back on. Just to see, you get nothing yeah. special, but if the, with improved line play, you never know. I mean, improved line can make the average running back look better than they are. 
And I mean, Winston's going with he's he's pairing up with like right now. I think Mike Evans is going number six overall in startup dynasty draft. So he's really really well thought of in the dynasty community. And this is something he's gonna be able to grow with for a very long time. We're talking two franchise players, Mike Evans and Jameis Winston. Right. And I mean, Mike Evans suits Jameis Winston really really well. You know, I mean, Winston's got that really nice deep ball. He puts really nice touch on it, uh, and he he's just somebody that. He's somebody that I really, really like, man. He's somebody I know you came out before, you have him like number two overall on your big board. Yeah. 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 And, and again, like I I wouldn't really put him there, but I understand the logical reason. It like if you need a quarterback on your dynasty team, right? If you need one, and I, I, I don't know wanna... how it is too. I know how hard it is to pass on like that sweet receiver or that sweet, you know, running back. But listen, man, I mean, how would you like to have Andrew Luck on your dynasty team? Exactly. Just, yeah. And to pass up on that just to, for the, Fill I don't, need. yeah. Or for the, well, no, I was gonna say like to pass up on them for the sake of, uh, value or you're never, I don't want to say never, but it's going to be very hard press. I don't know that, that you'll be able to get, if you miss on, if you need a QB, I hate drafting for need. I'd rather draft for best available. But in this scenario, I just feel like if you pass on Winston at the top of the draft and you need a QB, like, for for example, I know I'm in one of those situations where my starting quarterback is Colin Kaepernick, and I'm in two dynasty leagues. So in that league, I have Kaepernick. That really sucks, man. And my team, I need a QB really bad. Now, if I pass on Winston... Now, granted, in most other leagues, you might be able to get him at number eight. So maybe the theory would be like to trade down or later than whatever. I'm just using eight as an example. But I wouldn't be happy with Mariota or any of the other guys. I wouldn't feel confident that I'm finding a replacement for Colin Kaepernick. Thus, I really need to go out and get Jameis Winston. So and what I agree with there is if you have a top five pick and you need a quarterback, I wouldn't mind trading down to like seven right around there. I think, I think seven's like a real safe place to get Jameis Winston. Definitely. If you scout your other teams and see where they're going to go too, because it's going to be really hard for people to pass on those top six, possibly even seven guys, you know, with the brush right. with Brashad pyramids too. And you know, uh, JGI. So you could probably get Jameis Winston at eight or nine. And I agree with you that he should go higher. But it's just logical that he won't in most cases in standard leagues, not two QB leagues. And I agree with you. If you need a QB at all, even just a little bit, this this is the guy you should be targeting in this draft. Yeah, there's a lot of talent, but if you need a running back, this class is deep enough where that talent's going to get pushed back so you can get a quality prospect in the second round. Right. Say you have a high first-round pick. Say you have two first-round picks. In scenario, I have that in this one league. You, you, you And I need a running back. Also, it's like I could take Gurley and and roll the dice and hope that no one takes Winston. But if one other dude's thinking like I'm thinking and I don't get Jameis Winston, now I'm like, well, I can't take Mariota. And I'm certainly not taking Hunley or Bryce Petty or any of these other guys at quarterback. So now I'm like, uh, I'm like, damn, now I'm screwed a quarterback again. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So in my mind, how I'm thinking is like, if I take Winston, I could take a Jaya, a Jaya late in, in my second first round pick 
and now I satisfy I satisfy mm-hmm. both needs. To me, that's better than taking Gurley and you know. To me, Mariota's not even in a, in a uh, an equal. He's an equal, and then we'll get to Mariota next. And I do like Mariota, but she's like in that scenario. If I'm you, and I have the one one, and I really need a quarterback, and I need a running back, then I'm talking the guy that has. Two four or two five or one four and one five and try to trade back. And you know they want Gurley, and if they don't want Gurley, they likely want Cooper, right? You know, and say whoever else they want might. And then you can say, hey, give me, give me one four, and I'll give you one one, and give me, and obviously you start high, give me your second, and I'll give right. You, you know, give no, I, and that, and that is that's the that's the smart move is to yeah. trade back because then even pick up a high third. At least you're getting something, and you're still getting your guy. Right, yeah. You know I mean, you're still guaranteed to probably get him. Absolutely. And then, and then even worst-case scenario, say it like say you move down to four, and number three guy just surprisingly takes Winston out of nowhere. It's not like you're you still got a third, and you're still getting a really good— You're right, getting, ab- you know, Absolutely. Then you're you're still getting, like, a Gordon or somebody along those lines. So right. it's not the end of the world. So if you want—I I definitely recommend taking Winston, but do it smartly. And unless you have Rodgers, Luck, you know, if you have one of those top guys— then obviously it doesn't apply to you. Yeah, it doesn't apply to that. That that um, you know, we said it before, and I've said it a few times on Twitter. It, it doesn't apply to everybody. It's not gonna, you know, unfortunately, like with fantasy, everybody's team's different, and yeah. uh, so it's not a like a one size fits all scenario. Just for me, having someone like. Kaepernick, unfortunately, I'm not satisfied with what I purchased there. Or if you've and been I riding knew- like a scenario like uh, down the road, like you have a Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Man, and you've been riding that gravy chain for years. Well, you know, and then say you made a playoffs, but you just haven't been pulling out the big championship game. Then you're this is a guy you're hoping falls Slides. to you. Right. You, I'm telling you, man, this is a guy that the way I see it going, that you can plug in your lineup for the next 10 years. Right, and the and the thing is, like, seeing like I remember looking at just like you know different fantasy mock dynasty mock drafts last year, people having Manziel going in the first round, and Winston's infinitely better oh, than Johnny Manziel, yeah. light years better than right. Johnny Manziel. Again, we said it before. Before, I mean, he's probably the best quarterback prospect. I know it's not going back too long, but since Andrew Luck, right, and but I wholeheartedly you, agree. With and that. If you negate that at all, if you take Andrew Luck out of the picture. And maybe if you take RG3, he's up there with RG3 coming out. Because, I mean, I was pretty big on RG3 coming out. I really was. I thought he was really, no, really good. No, I like R, I liked RG3 as well. I was just actually just having a conversation about this. I Honestly, I just think he he's a person I don't necessarily quantify as a full bust. I really honestly just think the Redskins really did that guy zero favors by pushing him back. And he's still young. Or so pushing him back yeah, to her. He or still has too early chance from the to injuries. Right. And he's not full-blown. Blo- I agree with that wholeheartedly. He's yeah. not a bust yet. Right. But he, he has not panned out. He, no, it hasn't panned out. I just think, like, unfortunately, he just went to a team that really just didn't care about his long-term future. They yeah. were looking for immediate payouts. Mm-hmm. But I, I personally like Winston better, and I like RG3 Me too. at this time. Absolutely. Again, I think, he's a, I think he's a rare prospect. I think he's elite. Um, right, he, I, I really do. I think in a couple of years he might he he'll be a top five quarterback. In I agree fantasy. with you too. I mean, he's guy he's a guy that's coming out like I would take on over guys that are like high prospects at the time. Like you know Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. I like right. I like him I better would, than those guys. I coming totally out. agree. All man. those number one, you know, but I like him better than Eli Manning coming out. Uh, all those, yeah. I mean, really. I mean, I really like him a lot. I can't wait to see another quarterback. Pro- it's going to be hard to see another quarterback quarterback prospect like him. 
well, until I see Cardale Jones blow it up this year. Um, and a couple other things you said, like this, that I found, like you know, tw- you know, with his game is, you know, he has, uh, he does have to tweak his delivery a little bit. He has like almost like that Byron Leftwich kind of delivery where he winds up too much. Yeah, um, I'd like to see him quicken and shorten that delivery, which they can work on. Um, his intermediate game is a concern. He could, uh, he completed fifty six point eight percent of his passes on that, and there were interceptions. He had 11 interceptions in his midi- inter- intermediate game in that range. Um, he has an issue with the, you know, the frequency of the, the zone blitzes in the NFL. And sometimes he stare downs his receivers a little bit too much. Um, and he can make a little bit bad decisions under pressure. Those are like the notes I have down on him. But nothing, nothing too crazy. Again, a lot of that stuff is being nitpicky. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would quantify some of that as nitpicky. Just so, trying to find something wrong with somebody that, Pretty doesn't have pretty too many words. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and here's another thing, too, about these quarterbacks. The NFL is, if you hear a lot of this stuff where now he's coming a pro-style offense where a lot of these other guys that we're going to talk about are not whatsoever. But the NFL is adapting to the college game. 70% of the snaps last year were taken out of shotgun in the NFL. 70%. That's a, that's a huge number. Huge, yeah. So the, the NFL game is adapting to some of these spread offenses. They have to because so many teams are doing Everybody's it. Everybody's doing it. And but I'll tell you what, you go to a pro style, a pro style college. I I think you have a leg up on oh, everybody definitely. else. You know, definitely. so yeah, you, you go you go to Oregon for those cool uniforms, but I'll go to Florida State or you know Miami or whatever, and it doesn't it, that you're you have a leg up. I mean, you're that's going to play in the NFL. Yeah. yeah, right. Guys that play at yeah Miami, Florida State, Alabama, Ohio State. Guaranteed. Playing these offenses, they're getting you know they they produce NFL style players. Even they even like the guys that aren't even that good on those teams get taken in the NFL draft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guys that are almost like wow, he got drafted. Okay, right. you know what I mean? And then and then you'll have some like you know big school like Oregon will have like you know three guys taken, and you're like wow, geez, they're supposed to be so sweet, but it's a, it's a gimmick. And you hear it yeah, works. I mean, it works for college, but a lot of their defensive players. I mean, Haloti Nada. Uh, the safety, the Browns drafted him. Uh, oh my God, I can't remember. TJ Ward. TJ Ward. You know, you don't hear of a lot of high profile guys in the NFL that went to Oregon. No, you, you don't. don't. You really don't. All these other USC, Bama, Florida State, Miami, they're right. all over the place. Exactly. Um, but speaking of Oregon, you know, Marcus Mariota, Oregon, 6'4, 222, ran a 4'5, 240. Has, here's, a, here's a great stat for you 105 career touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I mean, Pretty awesome. This is a guy with excellent speed, fastest quarterback at the combine, really, really smart, has great work ethic. You know, he keeps his eyes downfield when he's out of the pocket. He has a really quick release. He has okay accuracy, but he makes really good decisions, hence the 14 interceptions. He had just three multiple interception games out of 41 career starts. Pretty good. Yeah, tremendous speed, and but he's a guy that's not like a runner first. Like, he looks to throw the ball first. He needs to improve his poise, and he needs to feel the pocket a little bit better, improve his field vision. But, I mean, the, the biggest problem, too, is he's coming from a guy that ran a spread offense with simplified reads, you know? It's, it's, it's one of those things that can he translate that he has the skill set to play quarterback in the NFL. All right, if you threw 42 touchdowns and only four interceptions, 31-4 and four the year before, and 32-6 and six as a sophomore, and you did that at, at Florida State, I'd be like, wow, this guy is amazing. He's going to be the best quarterback of all time. 
But now you're where the questions where I don't value him as high as I do Jameis Winston is because there's just been so many times and it's, it's a dynasty team. So you're, you're married to this draft pick that you're going to take. And where I think it's a questionable is will his game translate to the NFL? And there's been plenty of guys where that, that's, it, it doesn't. So there's a big enough question mark for me where it's like, you know what? I would, to me, it's just the Winston's the safer pick. Mariota's got a, he's got a high, a high ceiling, Mm -hmm. but also has, he's a boomer. To me, he's a boom bust type player. He's come from the simplified read. So it's one read, quick throw offenses. And that's kind of hard. And and he was, his tape shows he missed some obvious pre-snap blitzes. So his big question is, can he read defense? You have to read defenses in the NFL to succeed. You have to go beyond, you have to go through your routes. You have to go through your your reads very quickly in NFL. You only have a couple seconds to go through this and know what's going on. Now, he is a really smart guy, so he does have that going for him. Right, so he might be the guy that, you know, like, bucks the trend. Like, for example, Blaine like... Gabbert scored a 42 on a Wonderlick. Wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, But, like, he plays similarly to... Or not... I don't know. He's similar to, like, a Manziel. But, like, for example, he's got his head on straight. And where, he's much bigger. Right. But the style of play, so it's questionable coming but, yeah. out. You know what I mean? I agree. I mean, and that's his big comp, which is a horrible comp at the present moment to be comp to. Right. But he's like a supersized me, Mark uh, Johnny Mansell. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's 5'11". Mark, Marcus Mariota is 6'4", 222. Right. So he's got the size. He's got He's got a lot of things that say, hey, this guy can be the guy. Exactly. But, I mean, there's a lot of things like... I didn't like it when I saw him play a lot. Like, you know, he missed the, the, the open receiver. He missed those high percentage underneath throws. Um, and he didn't, he wasn't at, with that offense, he wasn't asked to throw into a, like, a lot of tight windows. And he has 27. Well, no, they're fumbles. never, yeah, they never are asked to throw into no. tight windows. It just seems like the way those offenses are, it seems like they're just always so wide open. I'll tell you this, though. The, the more I studied up on Marcus Mariota and the more tape I watched. Mm hmm. He is he is literally you, know, you could say fifty fifty, but if I had to put my money on it, I think he's going to be good. Okay, I it's just from just watching him and just watching him in his like even his interviews and the way he carries himself and the way he talks. I like the fact even the fact that he's not going to the NFL draft. I he's think that's awesome. With, yeah, he's going to spend it with his family. So he's, is Winston. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah, him as well. And I just think I really did now. We'll see where he lands. That's that's a, you know again. I love where Jameis Winston's probably going to go with Tampa Bay. Uh, so let's see where he lands. You know, yeah. what I mean, that, that kind of helps. I mean, any of those teams that pick in the top are usually a bad situation. But you know, he's he you know, a lot. Of, he's linked to the Jets. He's linked to the Rams. He's linked to possible San Diego. He's linked to Cleveland. Uh, I like all those spots better than I do Tennessee. Yeah, I hate Tennessee. Oh, if he goes to Tennessee, that's you know what I mean. Yeah, that's I really I really think they're like the worst like offensive. I, th- yeah. I, I honestly, I think they'll have the number one pick in NFL draft next year. I think they're terrible. Yeah. I mean, me, if you're me a Tennessee like, Titans fan, like, I'm sorry. But, like, what is there to even, like, who is, Justin Hunter hasn't shown anything that, you know, he's somebody who I was really big on coming out. He hasn't really done anything to say, hey, I'm here to stay. But, I mean, what right. a disappointment. I mean, there's nobody to love on that team. No. I mean, nothing. Mattenberger, Ranky, just terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see where they go. If he gets taken by them, which, they honestly, they should take him. Right. If I'm the GM, yeah. that's who I'm taking All over right. Leonard Williams. But if they don't, it's going to be really – again, yeah, if Marcus Mariota goes to Tennessee, then that's, to me that's, that's about the worst-case scenario for me. 
But at the same time, a good quarterback transcends bad teams. Because all people that have the top pick are bad teams, and that's where the best quarterbacks usually go. I mean, so, I, I definitely, like you're saying, like I think it's 50-50 if he's going to be good. I'd say 55-45. Okay. I, I would just say, like, I, I would, well, what I was about to say is, like, maybe I would knock it up to 51-49 because I kind of, maybe if I, I would want, I would want the Browns to draft him. I'll take him. Because we need a quarterback so bad. I'm willing to roll the dice. Like, now, your prior, I didn't want the Browns to draft Johnny Manziel. I did. Nah, not me. But can't be you, know, right all the time. you know, I can't be right all the time. No, you're not always, but I, I so I'm more like confident in Mariota than, Oh yeah. Than yeah. like Manziel last year. And then there, there are similar cases in terms of, Hey, is their game going to translate? Granted, he's way bigger, but the style of play is the same. And, uh, he's are they going to, tr- right. And Definitely. We don't know, I mean, curve. we don't know how these team meetings are going when they're putting them up on the blackboard. You know, maybe everything's working out. Maybe he, maybe he is smart enough to kind of get it. Cause that's what it boils down to. When you ask me what I want out of an NFL quarterback on my NFL team, I want two things. I, and this is all I want. I don't care how fast you are. I don't care if you could throw the ball a hundred yards from your knees. I want my quarterback to be accurate and I want him to be smart. Absolutely. That's it. That's all I want. I don't care how fast you run anything. Just be accurate and be smart. Get the ball out quick. Be smart with the football. And that's it. I mean, if you can just get through a game without throwing picks and making dumb decisions, that's it. You, you can win football. I mean, heck, the, the Ravens won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer, for Christ's sakes. So, again, Marcus Mario is somebody that I would take on my dynasty team. Where would you take him, though? I would take him second round. Right, he's a second rounder. But, and, I, and I'd probably say like a high second rounder, too. You know, right? Maybe not like right there, like two one, two two, but right around there, like like two three, two four. I'd be intrigued. Like, but I, there's a drop off though from Winston to oh, Mario. Yeah, we're talking right. We're talking about one four, one five, one six, right. right there, all the way a full round lower. Yeah, I think he is just because. Right. And that, and I would agree with the that. the ceiling's there, but the risk. And I mean, and that's where you get when you. When but you the risk to, you don't mind so much in the second round. Not as yeah, not because as a lot of second round guys don't pan out, you know. Exactly, so. and you're talking about a guy that's going to go really high in the NFL draft. That's going to get opportunity. Like he's going to get an opportunity. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Now all these guys are going to get opportunity. There's no guarantee that you know the guy a running back you take in the second round is going to get the the right opportunity. He might just Absolutely. get a couple. The first year he's a he's a split carry back. The coaches don't like what they see. Next year they draft another back in the second round. Yep. And Absolutely. all of a sudden your guys on the bottom total pull. But meanwhile he now he's a third running back who's locked up on a rookie contract that's not going anywhere. And he's just like a reserve back and he and he's stuck on your roster because you took him high and you don't want to cut base because if he does if that one guy yeah. gets hurt and he does yeah. get a chance, he'll prove you right. And that's why you took him in the second Absolutely. round. So that's how that works out in Dynasty. But the thing, the the the, the last thing I'll just say, the thing I like about uh, Mariota is he just has a high ceiling. Like he might be able to play if he does pan out. You know, he might end up being the best player in Could the draft. Be. You know what I'm saying? Like he has that such be. a high ceiling. You know, but to me, it's boomer bust. I don't ever think like, oh, you know, he's just he's a good solid quarterback. I I can't see that he's gonna be like he's gonna be super sweet or he's gonna suck. In my okay. mind. I I I think you'd be so I could also see him very easily being like a Joe Flacco. Like just Steady. Like steady. I could see I can't that. See I could see that out of him. I could see it. But I think he I think he has a better chance to be pretty good. But let's put it this way, guys. I mean, come on. NFL GMs that get paid millions of dollars find it impossible to scout these quarterbacks. 
we studied we studied dynasty fantasy football. We watch right. we watch tape on these guys as much as anybody else, and it's impossible. It's impossible to say which guys are gonna be good for sure, which aren't. I'll tell you this much: I think Jameis Winston's gonna be good for sure. I think Mariota has a chance. I perfect. I totally agree. And these next three guys, I all I think have a chance as well to be. And then, now these next three guys, we're gonna talk about Brent Hundley, Bryce Petty, Garrett Grayson. Okay, and odds of these guys being good are pretty slim in my eyes, but they all have a chance. They all have potential. They have potential. I, there's a, there's a couple of things I like about each quarterback. Brent Hundley, UCLA, six foot three, 226, ran a four, six, three, uh, 40 solid frame and build with good speed, strong arm with really good accuracy. He takes shots downfield and he gives his wide receivers a chance to make plays. He'll stand in the pocket and he'll take a hit when he's zeroed in on his receiver. So he's not afraid to stand in there and get rid of the ball. You know, and this is a guy who had a high pedigree coming out, if you, you know, the year prior. He was expected to be the number one overall pick possibly this year before. He was the big hype name. and you He know, would have been a first-round pick, I think, the year before. I agree with you. He's somebody that was willing to step up in the pocket when feeling pressure. Um, he's a dual he's a dual threat passer. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. He has good pocket awareness at times. And he's pretty tough, too. You know, he, he, he'd get nicked up, and he'd stay in the games. But again, here's a guy that took almost all of his snaps from shotgun. Um, I think he took seven under from under center his the, the whole last Jeez, year. That that's not a lot. No, lots of play action, short passes. Um, his in, his anticipation's marginal, and you know he has uh he does he he shows that he didn't really show any kind of like the ability to read defenses as well, which is kind of like what the offense he kind of played in. And in 2015. Fifty-four percent of his pass attempts were from six yards and in. So, I, the thing about Hunley that uh, where I would take a flyer on him, he kind of r- reminds me of the same way. If you watch college football, of and I, you know made this comparison before, so um, bear with me if you've already heard this one. But he reminds me of Jake Locker in a way, where this guy's been highly touted from basically like day one, like oh hey, this is the next. NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. And so he comes in and he, you know, he's good. He's on the scene. He's the next big guy. He does his thing his sophomore year. And you're like, he wasn't as good as he was the, or, you know, he does his thing. And you think that he should come out in the draft, but he stays that extra year. And you're like, he really should stay two extra years. He's really not that good. Yeah. But everyone's but ta- everyone's hyping everyone's hyping him up like he's so good and then they end up I don't know. Like it same thing with like Locker was the same way. Like he was there. His sophomore year was really good. His junior year everyone you know was expecting him to be like the you know number good, one overall pick right. possibly. And he stunk and you're like, dude, you should just go back to school. And then they came out. He still gets picked based off of like, I don't know, I feel like name and hype. He was mm-hmm. definitely overdrafted. All those guys were ponder, all those right. guys. Right. I remember and we they all suck. sat there two together as a group and we're like, Jake Locker sucks. Right. And I kind of feel the same way about Hanley. I almost feel like, I mean, granted, his touchdown interception ratio was nice, 22 to 5, you know, but I, I just think he, he, he either he should have came out last year and cashed in or like maybe should have just stayed one more year because his value dropped. He's going to be like what second, third round pick in the draft. There's two places that he can go that would get me excited. Okay, because I, I do think 
Brett Huntley has a chance. He has it. No, he definitely like he with yeah. good coaching, right. good systems. Here's the two places that I would like to see Brett Huntley go. The number one place I'd like to see him land is the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Bruce Arians, a well-renowned, good quarterbacks coach. Okay. Carson Palmer's older on his last legs. Uh, Logan Thomas ain't nobody special. There ain't no. nobody there that's special. Obviously, no. you can see last year when Carson Palmer got hurt. I would like to see Brent Huntley go there, somewhere he can sit for sure for at least a full year, be totally coached up, coached up, compo- com- you know, com- completely like retaught of how to play the NFL game, and sit for at least a whole year, and then maybe even sit for a year next year behind Carson Palmer, who's you know a former Heisman winner, number one overall pick, and kind of. That's where I like to see him go. That's my number one place. And then, obviously, New England with Bill Belichick. I think any quarterback would be in a good situation with him as well. So those are those are two places where, like, if I had a late third round pick and I was even he, I'd be like, okay, like Brent Hundley, like, in, like definitely with Arizona, I would feel really good about him in Arizona. Yeah, and I because I, I was I think that would be a good spot for uh, Bryce Petty too. So. Yeah, I mean, you can say yeah, you can say the same thing. I guess you could literally say that about all these guys, right? But I have Brett Hundley as my number three quarterback, so I obviously think okay. he has a better chance. Um, I I also have him as my number three guy. He's a like I'm totally pick, yeah. I'm, pick? Right, maybe that, possibly if, later. Yeah, probably late third. Depends where he goes. Um, because you got to think like guys like, or at least in our league, you know, which I think. You know, it's pretty like average. You know, like in terms of we'll set the where guys go. That's about legit. You know, where yeah. they should go, where their value set. Like you know, Derek Derek Carr last year went in the third round. You know what I mean? And yeah, so like he he's yeah, he's so better go later, right? And what what I love about the Dynasty Nerds League is it's like a really good. It's a real like when you see it like our rookie draft when it gets posted. It's a real good thing to base it off because. Our league has been going on for 14 years, so everybody in there is everybody's in there is a well-renowned dynasty player. They know what's going on. Their teams have gone through the. It's not like they just drafted this team a couple of years ago. These teams are full. Re, you know, these teams have gone through rookie drafts, right. rebuilds, championships, rebuilds. You know, the ups and downs, yeah. the highs and so lows. Our dynasty league has been going on for a very long time, so it, it shows a good. It always does, and, you, and from our leagues quarterbacks always go later and you'll see that as your as your leagues kind of grow in age because you acquire quarterbacks you acquire quarterbacks you acquire quarter and everybody always there's always teams like you need a quarterback right and everybody will need a quarterback but even me like I've had Drew Brees for the whole entire career I've had him forever and behind him I have Tannehill who I'm really big on next year I think I'm expecting really big things I got Andy Dalton that's my depth so I'm not like I've I've toyed with so them. you're not dying. Well, okay, like maybe down the you do need to replace Breeze. Breeze, but like for example, you're not like dying to draft a quarterback. But if one's sitting in your lap in the third round I, or beginning of the fourth, or so, you'll take the it. The privilege to take somebody like a Brandon because right. if he pans out, he does. He does. If he yeah. doesn't, no loss. No loss. And like I like Tannehill. I like Tannehill a lot. I really do. Mm-hmm. And even Andy Dalton had a bad year last year, but two years ago he was the number six overall fantasy player. Out of everybody. For scorers, yeah. So it's not like I'm in dire needs. But when Drew Brees officially retires, I have Tannehill. I'll have... But then that makes me think about Winston. You know, like I have the sixth pick. I'm like, 
and I'm not taking them. Right. But it makes me, I kind of tell myself, like, you entertain the thought. Yeah. I think about, I'm like, wow, you really should take Winston just because you do have Breeze, you do have to do Tannehill, but you know, Winston's going to be better than Tannehill, probably. And I really do like Tannehill. I like what they're doing in Miami, building around right. him. I was like, he's for sure going to be better than Andy Dalton. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, and look what you've been. Like, you look at those teams that have those elite quarterbacks. They do take you a long way. They do. So it's they a big, really do. They they can you know Peyton Manning will single handedly take you to the playoffs if you have a, if you have an adequate team around them. Exactly. So it's kind of like, oh, I really do like him paired up with Mike. And just Evans think a about lot. just think about setting it and forgetting it. You know what I mean? But and here I am. Tonight. But but this puts you in the age old questions like, wow, I can use one more good young running back, and I re- you always for can. me personally, like I could use the opportunity to get like who somebody if I'm possibly it, like to me, like I'm almost dead set, like I'm getting Doriel Green Beckham. Okay. I'm almost dead set on it. Yeah. Like, I just know how our draft's pretty much going to go. Yeah. Unless somehow like a Jai sneaks in there. Yeah. Or like Yeldon because they go to the Cowboys. And then, but even then, but then I'm even happier because I'm going to Parker or Kevin White. Because I know, right. Gore, I know Gordon and Gurley are going high. I know we are, we already know the guy who has the first and second pick. He said he's taking Gurley and Cooper. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yep. And then the guy at the third pick already said he's taking Gordon. Like our draft's already, the yeah, first three started. picks are set. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. We're just waiting for the draft day to come here, which our draft day is set is already too. I think it's like three weeks after the NFL draft. Do or we four have weeks. It is set. When is it? Uh, I don't know. I got to look in a group text message. Okay. I didn't think it was ever finalized. We're not inviting you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Hey guys, don't, don't invite, Mike's taking James Winston at eight. Don't invite this uh, guy. So don't invite him to the draft. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, it's for me for a situation. But and here I am. I have Drew Brees, Ryan Tannehill, and Andy Dalton. It's like, God, I wish I, wish I had that receiver so I can kind of could take James Winston. Because if I didn't need that, like, young receiver, but then I'd probably be like, oh, I'm taking a JHI. Or right. maybe TJ Yeldon. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Either way. But it's, it's like, I wish I was like where you're at, like around eight, right around there, so I could take Jameis Winston. Right. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm getting such a steal here. Because then wherever you get him past six, he's a steal. But to he's me, steal. yeah, absolutely. Um, but moving on to the next quarterback, Bryce Petty played at Baylor, 6'3", 230, ran a 4.87. Real strong-armed, efficient downfield field passer. Good touch, time and placement, you know, good size, played almost entirely in shotgun as well. And he only left a pocket when he had to. He's not like he's not a mover, that's for sure. Uh, Absolutely. You know, not he, a mover. No, no, no. He ran the spread offense, relied a lot on those quick read plays as well. Kind of like a, here's what I don't like about Brandon Whedon. I mean, I don't like about Bryce Petty. He reminds me of Brandon Whedon. That sucks. And that's horrible. So to me, that's that that's got to be like he's tainted in your mind. Though. And once and once I made that, yeah, exactly. Because once I made that comparison in my head, I'm like, I like Garrett Grayson now officially more than I like Bryce Petty. Oh no way! Okay, I, I had that. I had that Brandon Whedon. Yeah. Um, like, like watching his tape and like watching him play, it's like, dude, that's Brandon. Like he doesn't move well out of the pocket. He's he's got a real strong arm. He likes to throw it downfield. Oh my goodness! This guy is—he's all in shock. And this guy's Brandon Whedon. Brandon yeah. Whedon is terrible. Right. Oh my goodness! He's, remember those? Remember him hitting pigeons or whatever it was? Those oh, clay pigeons? I was like, this guy's accurate. Wow, look how accurate this he is. guy's awesome. This guy can't throw a three-yard out in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, I hate you. I don't care. I hope you listen to this podcast, Brandon Whedon, because you are freaking terrible. Yeah. That, when we made that draft pick, I was so mad as a Browns fan. I'm like, yeah. he's gonna be terrible. Then I saw him hit the clay pigeons. I was like, well. All right. It's pretty accurate. You're right. Hey, I like accurate quarterbacks. But looking back on it, the Trent Richardson one bothers me more. That's it's the same talk about the Trent. Yeah. Um, um, I, you know, for me, 
again, like just kind of like Hundley though, I would take a, a late round flyer on Petty. <sighs> He's off my board, man. Off your board? Threw, Let someone else worry lot, about him? Yeah, exa- he threw a lot of screens in mm-hmm. 2014. Um, he has to work on his uh, progressions, his reading defenses. I mean, to me, he's just a true developmental Q- QB. Right. He's going to need to sit for a couple years. And you know how like our, our roster works. You, know, you own the rights to rookies for two years. I think by the time this guy gets a chance, like I'd have to like bring him up my roster. I wouldn't even want to bring him up my roster. Yeah, He's somebody that might be, you might be able to get him free aid. I just... Willie, does, now again, I said all these guys have a chance, and he does. But he's one of those guys I'm gonna let somebody else worry about. Brandon Whedon, man, it's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Brandon Whedon, no, that's fair enough, and it could be like to me, like I, I doesn't hold much value. I wouldn't go out of my way to draft him. Um, you know, playing in that style of offense, it will it doesn't necessarily it doesn't translate well to the NFL. So I'm not really like big on him. Um. Uh, you know, if I'm just in that situation, if, if the mood is right and, you know, whatever, it falls to the me the right. The is looking good. Right, you, the you candles, know, I mean, yeah. it's draft time. You dim the lights. You light the candles. Absol- absolutely. Put on eh? some Marvin Gaye. <laughs> and then the next pick, uh, Mike Yosefovich Yeah, if the mood strikes Bryce me right, Petty. I might take Bryce Petty. But I'm not... Uh, I'm not really, like, married to him. I don't really like him that much. I don't like him at all. So. I, I don't, man. I mean, he has... Some, and again, he can throw the ball downfield. He's got a strong arm. Brandon Weenie had to do the same thing. So, to me, he's off my board. If you like him, God bless you. If you take him, good luck. I don't recommend it. If you're going to take him, though, he's definitely like, that's someone you take, like, in the late third, fourth. Fifth. No, He'll, fifth. Come on. Fifth? He'll go way before we'll fifth. We'll see where round. he goes. I'll bet. You want to bet? Why am I before betting a lot lately? I don't know. You're a gambler. I'm a fifth. gambler. We'll bet something. We'll, be, we'll think of something when Al's on the best next podcast. In our draft, he's going to go in the fifth round. No way. Fifth round. I can't you just see. said, where did Derek Carr go? In the third. Okay. We'll see. Right. Derek Carr was infinitely more valued. I, I just, I, yeah. All right. Maybe. We'll maybe. See. Maybe you're right. Maybe. You, you'll, no, if we bet, then you'll take him in the fourth round. <laughs> I win. Like, I win. <laughs> I win. All right. Before we get this last guy, let right, me, I'll let, settle let on let me hit you with something real quick. Okay. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Sometimes. Well, now you can. Thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was designed by former NFL front office personnel and features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to compete against each other to negotiate with and sign NFL's top talent or single or two single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency, like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, IR, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your GM skills by visiting realitysportsonline.com and participate in a mock free agency auction today. If you like what you see, use the promo code NERDS10 to receive a 10% off on your team or your platform. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Definitely check them out, guys. It's a really cool site. And as you know from all the podcasts, we've been doing our RSO League. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Been giving up with spots. I'm super, super pumped for the league to start. I really, I really... Like I generally say, man, like I love that this partnership with these guys because I love what they're doing. I think it's a really cool fantasy sports platform. 
Right. Sounds and awesome. I love the idea of like you sign it like a Ray Rice to a fifty million dollar contract and he's booted out of the league. Well, guess what, buddy? You're screwed. You still owe him fifty million guaranteed, sucker. You know right. I mean? I, and I just want to see like how that happens to me, like how I overcome it and how I really do like handle in that cap and how I can manage a team and stuff like it. It's a really it's about the closest thing you can get to being a real NFL GM because you're signing people to contracts. Yeah, that's awesome. And as you know, you can play against us in that league for in the first place pays how much, Mike? Three hundred bucks. That is like a year's worth of wages to me. I can. You don't make retire. very. You don't make very much. Money. I'm poor. <laughs> Why do you think I'm sending this uh, potato sack? That's right. So, so you look um, good in it, though. But you can you can win three hundred dollars for first place, and you can win a hundred dollars for second place. It's pretty good for free. For free, and all you have to do to do so is get online dynastynerds.com. Get on our forum. It says right there three hundred dollars reality sports online league. You, all you do is put your name on there. No strings attached, right? No, no strings awesome. attached. We're not engaged. We're not We're not walking down the aisle. Right. And you put your either Twitter handle on there or email, and then every week we go on there like we did today, and we just pull a random number out of the number random generator here, generator here thing here. Yep. Um, I can't remember what today's number was. I think it was 12 or something 12, like that. 12, yeah. And just to let you know, today's winner now is, you got a drum roll over there? No. Ah, terrible. I don't know. I'm not a good sound effect and, guy. This this winner is this guy is actually uses our form a lot. He's on there. I see him a lot. So I'm yeah. really glad he won. It is at anomalous on Twitter, and I think his name is Brandon Lindloff. Okay. So Brandon Lindloff, you will begin an invitation to the RSO League, All right. which only leaves two spots left. We filled three. All right. The tension's getting there because the draft starts like it's like a couple days after the NFL draft. We're doing it. Because okay. you do the rookie draft first, you sign those guys to four the rookies to four year contracts, and then you have the actual draft. Okay, so, so it's a rookie draft, then a draft. Yeah, and okay. everybody gets in this league. It's it's a long term league. Obviously, yeah. we'll, we'll sell your team if we have to, which is nice. It's like a dynasty league you can keep going because you only have so many long term contracts. Your rookies and the guys you sign, you only get X amount of four year contracts, three year contracts, two year contracts. So congratulations to Brandon Lindloff. You are the next winner. Uh, into the Dynasty Nerds RSO League, courtesy of Reality Sports Online. I really encourage you guys to get on there. Use that promo code NERDS10 to get involved. And if you want to enter, again, get on DynastyNerds.com, get on the forum, get up in there, get your name in this. It's amazing. I think we have like 65 entries. We have like 4,500, 4, 5,000 like listeners of the podcast, and 60 people want in. You want to know why? Because they're afraid. They're very afraid. Yeah. But I understand you guys out there and listening to your radio, your 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 iPhones, your headphones. Right. You're at you're at the gym or you're doing yeah. whatever. You're like, man, these guys are at work. These guys. I mean, know I know too Mike much. doesn't sound intimidating. But I'm sure I come <laughs> up this when I listen back. I'm like, wow, I sound pretty intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, my voice sucks. I so. wouldn't mess with me. Yeah. I mean, what's you Mike's would? Mike's at, w- at the gym every day. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Roles are reversed. Yeah, they're like these guys. These guys are breaking down film on Bryce Petty. What? Who am I? Who am I? But get on there. It's a fun. And if you guys don't, you know, I encourage you guys. I think the same price is very similar to like the MFL. So if you want to get on there and get the league of your buddies and try it out, it looks like a fun concept. Um, cool. Now let's get into our last guy here, Garrett Grayson, our last quarterback, that is. And Garrett Grayson, Colorado State, 6'2, 213. Here's what I like about Garrett Grayson. He got better every single year in college. He has excellent deep ball, real good touch and accuracy. Good poise, isn't afraid to take a hit when, while throwing a pass. And like I said, his production proved each season. He's taken snaps from center, pistol, and shotgun. Good pocket movement and keeps his eyes upfield. 
needs to work on his anticipation instead of waiting on his wide receivers. He also has like an awkward throw in motion, but when I see that, I just think Bernie Kozar, and Bernie had an awkward throw in motion. He did just fine. And Philip Rivers. He needs to process. Yeah, and Philip Rivers is another great example. He needs to process the game a little bit faster. Um, because he likes, and he also likes to lock in and stare at his receivers at times as well. But Gary Grayson again. I mean, he's somebody that's gotten better every single week. Yeah, for me, the the line stops pretty much at Bryce Petty. Uh, Garrett Grayson is one of those guys that came on. Uh, man, I don't want to like on the scene in terms of, hey, this guy might have NFL potential towards the end of this year, I feel like, or that's when I first started hearing about him. Um, I don't know. Like, to me, I just kind of lump him. Even though I do have him as my fifth quarterback, I just kind of lump him in there with Shane Carden and and uh, Sean Mannion. I, you know, if I'm feeling like it, in the, like, I'm just, I'm not going out of my way to draft any of those guys, really. Okay. Yeah, I mean, again, he's... I do have him as my fifth guy, but for me, like draftable guys that like, unless I'm up against the wall with nothing else to take, I'm I'm gonna pass on Grayson. Yeah, see, he's somebody I would take with like a really late like late fifth, my sixth round pick. You right, I mean? he's somebody. I'm, well, again, I think he has a chance to be contributed. Is it likely? No, but I, I feel like the, all these guys are well, pretty much on likely guys... besides Mariota and. Absolutely, and then when you're dealing with where this, where he's going, where uh, Grayson's going to get drafted, odds are they're not going to hit. Um, but for me, I would prob, I bet I could probably find a receiver, a running back that I like better. Me too. That I would rather just take a flyer on. And those guys, and again, it comes down to most likely guys like Petty and Grayson are by the time they get their shot, like how long are you going to hold on to them for? You know what I mean? Yeah, especially because, like, for example, like our league's big and we do hold on guys for a while and we have that ability. But a lot of the listeners out there just I know from talking to them on Twitter, their their um, their leagues aren't built yeah, similar guys, to ours. So they can't leagues, hold these them. guys aren't going anywhere. Like, they're not right. even gonna get drafted because yeah, like for us, we have 30 man rosters with two year rights to rookies. Right. So that's a huge. And these guys still go late for us. So, you right. know, for most leagues, I agree. Like, it all depends he'll be on, on the way. He'll be on the waiver wire when. Yeah, whoever he's behind gets hurt, and he has, you know, you know what I mean. Like, and you have a chance. Yeah. To if somebody hits up. on him, you can't even be mad about you it. You can't even be mad about it. Because by timing, like two years, if you need a quarterback, you're better off just wait until next year and then take one in the first round, like a guy that goes, you know, like a Cardale Jones or somebody along those lines. So, but yeah, hey, we're just here to talk about give everybody that aren't these are for guys that are in the deep leagues, the shallow leagues. We talked about Marcus Mariota. Right now, let's move over to the tight ends. Super right. weak class. Super weak. There's two guys that I really like. And that's about it. Max Williams and Clive Walford. We'll down real quick about Nick O'Leary, Jesse James, and Jeff Hireman. But Max Williams is definitely the top notch at his position here. Right? Yep. Max Williams, 6'4", 249, ran a 4.78. He was the third fastest combine tight end there. He's a move tight end with really good straight line speed. And he can beat linebackers and safeties. Real good red zone target. Can, can, he can make plays after the catch. So... You know, screens are, you know, like those tight end screens are really good for him. He dominated deep uh, defenders on wheel routes. 82% of his catches were for either first downs or a touchdown. How about that? How about that? Pretty awesome. Pretty good stat. And he made some circus catches, you know. Um, So, and he also led all college tight ends 
with nine play, you know, nine nine receptions of twenty five plus yards plays in twenty two thousand fourteen, which is another good stat. Really good tight end, right? Really good tight end, like you know, uh, and the kind of tight end that we look for in fantasy. Not somebody that's going to block all the time. That's going to get out there and catch balls. Kind of like a kind of like Aaron Hernandez, kind of kind of, or like a, a Jason Witten. <laughs> good comparison today. <laughs> Yeah, for today of all of all days. All days. Yeah. Nice job out of you. What an idiot, man. Yeah. Twenty five years old, forty million dollars, and goes out and kills somebody and spends the rest of the life in prison. Jeez. Oh man. Bad comparison out of you today. Okay. Jason Wynn, I guess is all right, that's so about, you can play that's somebody along those lines. I, th- I I like Williams and we all know I love tight ends. And he's somebody that to me he, it depends where he gets drafted, but for me in a rookie draft, he's like a really late first. Really high second pick. Right. I, you know, I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was just like, for me, I just, it, depending on how it unfolds, I, just for me, I can't see him being a first round pick. I don't know. I'm, I'm not anti. I just don't think like. So I think best case scenario for him, I think for like a sake, for example, or not maybe it's not best space. I think really good for him, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right, and, you know Heath Miller's old. Well, I, I think you Martavis could say Bryant, this. I think you could you say know. the same thing about Clive Walford because I think Clive Walford plays more similar. Well, I don't know. Clive Walford to me is similar to Heath Miller. Yeah, because he blocks really, really well. Right. Yeah. So I think, like, if you know, if you're talking about if they want to keep with the similar uh, type players, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, well, but and, I'm not going to fault you because I do think Pittsburgh needs to think about a tight end. And so Heath Miller wasn't like the greatest fantasy tight end, though. No, but he's he solid. But I'm talking about like but if you've had him for over the last, if you have him over the last, you know, ten years or whatever, you're like, hey, dude's been pretty solid. I mean, if you could play him, if Cleveland takes him, you know, and say somehow they him a 19 or high right. in the second, he'll be utilizing offense really well. I just think he's gonna go so. I, I now, I mean, he's a former NFL player's son, and he's cocky. And I've already read some reports where an NFL GM said we brought him in for an interview, and he was really cocky. He thought he was too good for us, like had a really piss poor attitude. So he's like one of these guys that's going to come in and be like, uh, you know, I mean, he thinks he's freaking sweet. Yeah. And, and you also got to say he's, he's only a sophomore. So like the experience really isn't, yep. isn't necessarily there. Uh, his stats don't jump off, off the page at you. Limited blocker. Right. I, you know, just for me, like some of the other guys that we've seen over the years go in the first round and especially with the depth, of talent, you know, wide receiver uh-huh. and especially running back and with a quarterback this year going in the first round, in my opinion, he'll slip. I think he's the guy that's the casualty. And to me, I, I, I just don't think I wouldn't take him in the first round. I, maybe there's a scenario where certain, I, I just can't see no, it. You know and, what I'm and saying? I, and I keep trying to look at it too. And definitely, you know how like I'm infatuated tight ends. Right. Like, Cause I think having that elite tight end is such a huge advantage over opponents. I think he slips out of the first, but at the same time, I think you're going to get really good value. Cause if you do need a tight end, I think he has really high upside. I mean, his faults are things like his fault are things that don't were they they're NFL faults that don't really hurt your dynasty team. I mean, like he's not like his blocking, for example, he doesn't generate much push at the line or he doesn't great, you know, he doesn't have great, the greatest instincts as a move blocker and you know, things like, like he doesn't block really well. But for you, you don't care about that. You don't you want don't him to care block about at all. You don't you know? want him to block. You want him to be Jimmy Graham. Exactly. <laughs> you know, no blocking. I mean, I, just, to, just to me though, I mean, like, I don't, he never had over a hundred. He didn't have a hundred, didn't record a hundred yards receiving this year. Never at Minnesota. Right. It's just, 
you know, he had the one game with three touchdowns. Um, but it's like, I, I don't know, out of all the years that we've had other tight ends, you know, or, you know, even when we weren't doing these podcasts that we've seen other tight ends go in the first round, I just wasn't, to me, that he just doesn't seem first round worthy. To me. Other people, I know, just, you know, being a part of the community and following everybody and reading, you know, a lot of people love him. To me. I like him a lot. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm not. I'm but it not depends where he gets drafted. You know what I mean? I, I mean, think I'm more in love with, I'm, I'm more so, uh, like, have them rated where I do just based off of like other people's opinions that I respect. I'm like, all right, you know, like every, well, like it, what I'm telling you. Right. I mean, I don't know. You like you and, and Matt seem to like him. You I know, like him a lot. I really right. do. I like him a lot. I think he could be, let me put it this way. I think he could be a playmaker. I think he could be up there as a potential, like top six, seven tight end. Like, you know what I mean? I think he okay. can make plays. I think he made just enough plays to put him up there. Um, I have him behind Eric Ebron. Uh, yeah, because to me, I'd rather have Ebron. I have. Oh yeah, me too. Right. Oh yeah, I'm not saying that for sure. Yeah. I'd well, you just said Ebron. right, right behind him. So yeah. to me, that means that there's at least some. It's close. It's if you're saying tier. right that. Okay. You know, because cool, I like I enough. like Ebron. I like Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'd rather have Kelsey. Oh yeah, me too. I'd rather have, I'd rather have Kelsey over probably almost Julius Thomas at this point. Um, yeah, based off of certain yeah, things and that unfolded. Jimmy Graham and Rob Gronkowski. Right. But I mean, there's, I mean, the tight end market's not too, you know, and Jordan Cameron's up there too. I think he's going to do really well in Miami. I do. I think he'll do a good, well I'm sure while he plays, you know, the guy's talented. He just can't stand the field, right, man. man unfortunately. One bad hit, that guy's concussed Cushion. easily. Yeah. So, and you know what? I have a, I have a buddy who is uh, easily a, concussed. No, I have a buddy. Wow. He uh, sells, he's in the medical sales and he works for the Browns doctor. Yeah. And he was telling me, he's like, you know, he's like, we BS sometimes. And he told me, he's like, man, he said, he told me that Jordan Cameron is the biggest pussy he's ever met. No, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, he kind of comes off that way. Yeah. He's like the slightest thing. He's like, uh, and that's from the team doctor. So. Yeah. Allegedly. 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 Okay. Um, so, but Maxwell, I mean, if you're, if you have the number six overall tight end, I mean, I mean, he's gonna put up good games for you. And again, in the right system and utilize right, this guy could finish higher than that so i think he has a talent to be a really good fantasy tight end you know what i mean he, he's got the size he's got the speed he again he comes from nfl bloodlines so i like max williams i'd in the right situation i can see him as a very late first because i'd almost rather have him than you know i'd rather have like max williams and you know philip dorsett me personally yeah you know, if I can get like a guy, you know, instead of like a wide receiver three, hopefully maybe he's a wide receiver two, I'd rather have a number one tight end. Oh, well, absolutely. Because the C, Philip Dorsett's never going to be a wide receiver one. You wouldn't never. think Max Williams could be a tight end one. one. So, right, based off of that, you would have and Max Williams it, over Philip Dorsett. Everybody needs a tight end. Everybody does. Everybody does. Right. Because even if you have. I mean, not okay. Now, like Matt, for example, has Julius Thomas and Jordan Cameron. But look at that. He went to a situation. I have Jordan Cameron, Julius Thomas. My tight end is the best. Like, yeah. Now look at him. He's like, I got Julius Thomas and Jordan Cameron. Uh, they're both kind of iffy. All right. Like, I have Rob Gronkowski. Like, no matter who you have, nobody's ever starting over Rob Gronkowski. So I don't need a tight end. I got Dwayne Allen as my backup. You know, and I got Jermaine Gresham, who might but whatever. But I'm still, you know, me. I'm always looking for. I'm always taking a tight end every year. Absolutely. Like round three, just to have that guy. Because here's yeah. the thing. 
if he does turn into a really elite tight end, well, guess what? You can get really good value for that tight end because no, they're so limited. It's so hard to get that really good fantasy production tight end that they hold really good value because they give you such an edge over your opponents. Because other guys are out there starting, right? And when you have when you have a couple, of them, you, that's when you start. A lot of people start hitting you up for trades because mm-hmm. people two, hate that. People hate that hole in their in their scoring. You know, they see like three points every week. Mm-hmm. God, I need a tight end so bad. And I wrote an article over a year ago on that and the the importance of having that tight end and the edge they give you because that's the thing with dynasty. This isn't redraft where everybody has a fair shake. I have an equal lineup. There's not equal lineups in dynasty. There's bottom dwellers. They're superstar teams. And when you get into the playoffs, most teams that are in the playoffs are going to have pretty well-rounded rosters. So you need every edge you can get, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck, or it's Robin Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham or, you know, Greg Olson, you know, like last year. Having those elite tight ends gives you that edge over your opponent that you need because those are the games. I mean, you see lots of dynasty championships and playoff games. They come down to really close point totals. Oh, absolutely. Because the teams are much more balanced than a redraft league. And teams aren't getting there just strictly on luck. It's it's built you, you build them on sol- solid teams. That's why we all love dynasty so much. It's not just luck of the draw. It takes talent, it takes research, with a little luck on the side as well in your draft picks, but you build that team. And the reward you get out of your dynasty team, the reason we play this isn't year one when you you know that's a redraft team almost. Right, right. But year four, year absolutely. five. When it's year your six. team, you got your stamp on it. Yeah. I mean, dynasty, for all you guys new out there, I know because we get tons of tweets. Hey, I just started playing dynasty, started finding your podcast. Absolutely. The true joy of dynasty comes after year three, year four. Like after after your initial drafted team starts filtering out it is amazed how quick it filters out right that's when it's that's when it's cool because you're like these guys are my guys Mm -hmm. because yeah you take these guys you take these rookies and we'll get into a show of like how we think you people should run their like our philosophy on running dynasty teams um and how you should set up your league to get the most joy out of it and the most ownership out of it because that's the true joy is not just winning but the joy of knowing that you built that team you just didn't build it. You didn't pick up a whole bunch of free agents to get lucky. You can do that in redraft. But right. these are your guys. You know, you drafted these guys three years ago. You watched them grow. You knew they were going to be sweet. You knew when you took that guy in the second round that he no, was going to help he's, you win a championship. When he's good, when that player is good, you knew. You knew. You, you knew. absolutely knew. And, and when, when you he got was not bragging, good, right. you have a whole bunch of reasons why he should have been good. Right. Absolutely, man. I'll tell you what, Aaron Hernandez would have been sweet if he can go out and start killing people. If he, so, didn't, if he didn't kill people, he would have been awesome. <laughs> he would have been great. So, yeah, I mean, we'll get into a later show. I, I know that's, that's a show that's coming up not too long from now. Um, let's get on to the next guy, who, who's another guy. I think he's my second tight end. Um, and I think this, I think Max Williams is a, a tier. I think Clive Walford's not too far behind him. And after that, it's like a whole other disarray of, like, the quarterbacks. But Clive Walford, 6'4", 251, 479, 40. So just one-tenth of a second slower than Max Williams. So for the fourth fastest tight end time. Very, very, very solid blocker. Can help in the run game, can help in the passing game. He's lined up in line. He's lined up in the slot. He's lined up as H-back. Very solid build. Real good quickness to attack the seams. Long arms, big hands with ability to make the contest contested catches. And he's good with running after the catch as well. Needs some route working uh, ability too. But, again, there's nobody here. There's nobody else you're going to listen to any podcast in the world that's going to tell you an opinion better on Clive Walford 
than Mike Yuzovich here, who's the biggest Hurricane fan in the world and has watched every single snap this guy's ever taken in his career. Mike, tell us what you think of Clive Walford. I love Clive Walford, man. I really do. And I think, like, I just think all around he's just a, a solid football player. I, I kind of, like, gotta, you know, because I know you watch a lot of the tape and you take your notes and everything like that. I don't think he's got, like, huge run after the catch ability. Um, because he's not super fast. No, I thought it was good. Like, like good enough to play in the NFL. Like, good. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. But he's not going to, like, he's not going to, um, I don't know. Like, he's, he's not like, running defensive backs. Right. Exactly. He's going to be a guy. He's going he's gonna to make a tough catch. He's super reliable. Uh, to me, he can get past the linebackers. Oh, a- yeah. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Okay. But, that's, that's but he's not like gonna the shorter pass. He's not gonna t- he's not gonna catch it and take it to the house or no, anything no. like and that's that. Not you know? I mean, and that, I guess if that came out, that's how it came off. Like, oh, he's good after running after a catch. It, 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 I think he's good with the ball in his hands. Like to like he he's it's not like oh he gets the ball and then he's done. You know what I mean? He can, right. Like some guys lying here, like they have. Well, because he's, athle- he's athletic, he can make some moves yeah. and stuff. So okay, Go uh, but. In terms for NFL, he is, like you said, he's a great blocker. He's just an all-around, he's a classic tight end. I kind of, like I was saying before, he reminds me of, like, Heath Miller. He's just a solid, he's a solid player. He's going to make, he's going to make the clutch catches. Uh, He's one of those guys, like, for example, like Philip Dorsett and Clive Walford playing the same team. Anytime that there was any, any clutch play in the game, I wanted Miami to throw to Clive Walford. I really wanted them to throw to Clive Walford every single time. Uh, he's just very reliable. Um, throughout the years, the Hurricanes have had a million tight ends. I've seen them all. I've seen every type of tight end they've had, you know, from blocking tight ends to athletic basketball wide receiver tight ends. Uh, Clive Walford settles right in there in the middle. He's just, he's an, uh, your prototypical tight end. Uh, not going to, kill you or you know super impress you with like amazing uh athletic feats but if you're in the red zone or you need that key you know First third down. and seven i just every time i was like go throw it to clive throw it to clive and he would always come through i i just really like him uh a lot i think he can definitely be a tight end one in the league probably towards the back end yeah. of the you know six to twelve but I think he's but definitely. You can start. I on think a weekly you, basis. I think you can start him on a weekly. Do you have a for him at all? I mean, like I said, I think he reminds me a lot of Heath Miller, man. Heath Miller. Yeah. Okay. Now, someone that's not Heath Miller doesn't blow you away, but for for the last decade, Heath Miller's been pretty damn solid. Yeah. You can stick him in your lineup. And and towards the before he started like before he started getting older, he, he could, was could start really on a solid. Basis. Yeah. Right. Not blowing you like he needed a touchdown to get you. Okay, but he's giving. Is me like it Ben? Ro- is it Ben Roethlis? Is it Ben? He was Ben Roethlisberger's, like you know, kind of like you know, go to guy, like in the clutch, like go to type guy. He was this consistent man, you know. I don't know. I I think that's a, a fair comparison. I think he can exceed those, exceed that um, comparison. But I think if you're gonna, if you who who does he play similar to? In my mind, it's Heath Miller. Okay, and where do you have him going in rookie drafts? Where do you like him to go? I, mean, I would take him in the second round. I agree with the second round too. Like, do you think mid to late second round? Yeah, that's about fair. Good value. I I think so because I think he's going to be a starting tight end in in fantasy. In some way that like, and I agree with you. I see him as being like like a low-end tight end one kind of guy, you know? Right. Something that you can start on a weekly basis. Right. You could always always do better than, like if you have an opportunity, like a good elite tight end. 
But let's face it, there's only I think he'll there's be, only a couple of those guys anyway. So, so he's going to be right in the middle of the pack, just like everybody else. Like he's not going to lose your games, and he'll win you some games. Absolutely, and he, and he's he's going to be one of those guys though that I think will play have a long shelf life in the NFL, uh, barring injuries, because I think he's one of those players that are also really good for their NFL teams. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he's always oh, going to be on really well, right. Too. So he's always going to be on the field. A three down player for sure. Exactly. Um, but he's not going to be Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski or you know one of those guys. But I think he's definitely a startable tight end in fantasy. Yeah. So if you so. need a tight end and you miss out on Max Williams, no need to fret. You could still get good value in Clive Walford. Um, somewhere when I'm already picking this, I think if you have a second round pick, you pretty much get him in the second round. I mean, I hope the Browns draft him. I really do. We need a tight end so damn bad. I hope they take him. And that's like non-biased aside. I hope the Browns take him. Browns really need a tight end. So I hope they either get him or Max Williams yeah, really bad. me too, because so. we really need a tight end really yeah. bad. Um, yeah, Clive Walford, I think these are the two guys you want to target in your league, Walford and Williams for your dynasty team. The rest of the guys here, like Nick O'Leary, Florida State, 6'3", 252, ran a 4'9", 3". Um, isn't he Jack Nicholas's grandson? Yeah, he is. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people are haters, man. I don't know. Like, you know, there's a lot of measurables that maybe he could be better at. But I will tell you what. I like Nick O'Leary. Uh, he's not, to me, he's not an all-around tight end like Clive Walford is. But Nick O'Leary, all that guy does is produce. I don't know. He has I mean, really good hands. Yeah, he all that guy does is produce. I, think it's, I maybe, like him. Maybe it's just because I mean, the guy like he played in line, he played in backfield, he played in the slot. He right. Has really good hands. Right. Didn't really have almost no drops. Yeah. In college football, but like he's like a, and he has good football instincts, and he's a solid route runner too. He's just an explosive. You know, he's he's like that one gear runner. Um he's, you know, he struggled, he struggled to make defenders miss. He had just six catches of 25 yards or more over the last three years. So for three years, he had six catches that go, went for more than 25 yards at Florida state. Right. But you know how many other guys they throw to for the deep passes? I, I, Nick O'Leary, how many, I mean, it just goes to show like he's not, stats really he's quick, not a run after the catch no, abso- kind of guy. Absolutely. But not. he's a really solid possession receiver uh i'll give him that he he intrigues me i mean he scores he scores touchdowns he had seven uh touchdowns his junior year, six last year uh um, solid yeah that's that's pretty good it's it's the same same with routes. clive walford and more than max, max williams, williams so yeah. okay I, I to me the guy has just been he's very consistent i he's just not he's not an all an all-around tight end, so I like, I wonder, you know, like in comparison to Clive Walford, like the two versus three, it's like I I don't know that he his shelf life or you know how many plays a tight you know over the long haul mm-hmm. how long he'll be there you okay. know but he's intriguing he's a dependent on land spike you possibly like a later third round mid third round rookie pick like for me. I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Nick O'Leary. Like, I know Matt, a few weeks back, was totally anti-Nick O'Leary. Uh-huh. I, I just, honestly, I don't see it. Like, if I have a, guy, a rule where I take a tight end in every single draft, no matter what. No, so. like, for me, my line stops there. Like, I wouldn't probably take anyone else outside of Nick O'Leary. I just think from what I've seen from him, 
I always just, it, he was really, it, to me, he was a really good college tight end. Does okay. that translate? We'll see. Every time? No, that doesn't mean everything. He, I know but he's, he's motivated because, you know, oh, you're Nick Jack Lucas's grandson. Like, he wants to make a name for himself. We'll see. I think I'm with you. I think he has a chance. I mean, he, he's, I mean, I don't know, man. He, again, he's just not very explosive. He's not very athletic. Uh, so we'll see how he does. I think he's worth like a fourth, early fourth, late third round pick. You know, Fair enough. You, take a flyer on a tight end. We'll see where he lands. You know what I mean? Um, next guy, Jesse James, Penn State, 6'7", 261, ran a 483, which is really good for being 6'7", to run a 483. No, absolutely. It's really good. I mean, he's really good size. He made some really nice catches at Penn State. So he, had, he made some one-handed catches. So he has good hands. Um, but not a lot of production. In three seasons, he had 78 catches, 1,005 yards, 11 touchdowns. He can block. Um, again, he has trouble getting separation. But most, most guys that are 6'7", will have trouble getting separation. Even though he has really good straight line speed for being six seven, he doesn't show a lot of fire on the field or aggressiveness. Aggressiveness, aggressiveness. Uh, he's really nothing special. No one reminds me of. Remember, remember, this guy was really super tall too, Leonard Pope. Absolutely, Georgia. That's, yeah, that's who he reminds me of, Leonard Pope. Okay. What did Leonard Pope turn out to be? Nothing. And he went to Arizona where we thought he'd have a good chance to play. How'd that work yeah, out for him? Didn't work out. I, I just I have I have zero interest in drafting him. I have zero interest in drafting Jesse James as well. Sorry, outlaw. Yeah, sorry, buddy. <laughs> and people get in love with like these measurables. I, I I those measurables never translate to NFL. Right. It just it's a, to it me, doesn't work. I'm just I'm not interested. Me neither. But he he does have good size. So let's see where he lands. We'll 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 talk more Jesse James after he gets drafted. If he Manu gets... Bull was seven foot seven, and he he had good size and wasn't good in the NBA. So it's like, what does that doesn't mean anything? Yeah, just right? cause, just because yeah. you're seven foot tall doesn't mean you're or whatever <laughs> six seven doesn't mean you're going to be catching touchdowns in the red zone like Go everyone see. thinks that you were going to yeah. be able to do. Oh, just throw it up and he'll just grab it. Yeah, okay, I remember because when Leonard Pope po first came, I'm like, look, he's like six seven, man. He's going to be he's a red zone machine. I never drafted him in dynasty leagues, but I remember the guy that took Leonard Pope, like, I think it was Don or something like that, and they, they took him, like, man, this guy. And then they got him, like, late, too, and, like, Leonard Pope. You know how everybody is after the right. rookie picks. Like, I got Leonard Pope in the right. fifth round, man. This right. guy's 6'7". He's going to score five, five to 25 touchdowns in a game. Like, all right, good luck with that. Right. So, I mean, again, kind of how, like, my Brandon Whedon uh, idea got into my head about uh, Petty. Leonard Pope's in my head about Jesse James, and he's he's off my draft board. Okay. Uh, very He's last not a guy. Either, so. Very last guy we're going to talk about is Jeff Hireman, Ohio State, 6'5", 254. And the reason we're going to talk about him is like it's, there's a lot of like pub coming out from NFL guys that like him. And I mean, I could, here, here's the thing: I watched all of Jeff Hireman's career. You know, he only had 52 catches for and, and like seven career touchdowns. So it's not like there's like he did a whole lot, but. I mean, he's fluid. He has a really good stiff arm. He's athletic with good straight line speed, and he's sal- You know, he has a very solid vertical, so he can go up and at that, he can high point the ball. Um, and he did at last year. He was coming off like he had like setbacks from foot surgery, so that might have been like why he kind of had like a bad year as well with the quarterback change as well. But I mean, he can be pushed off his routes pretty easily. Um, he he struggled against separation. Doesn't break ta- same thing. He doesn't break sec- uh, tackles. Uh, he's, he doesn't make defenders miss at all. Yeah, for me, just like, uh, just you know, what, he never stood out to me. No, I watched every game. Uh, he didn't stand, stand right. out to me. There's no nothing stand out. Nothing, nothing to me. Like, 
uh, screamed NFL tight end, and therefore I just have no interest in drafting him. I'll tell you this much. Jeff Hireman, I would take over Jesse James, but the odds of him being good from watching every snap he's ever played, like, like he might be like an okay NFL tight end, you know what I mean? Something that sticks around on a roster that plays – and you might see him on Monday Night Football with a he might come on there. Oh, Jeff Hireman, the Ohio State University and start. He's like occasional games. He's never going to be like a fantasy producer in my eyes. I, I totally I mean, agree. I mean, I, I agree with everything he can you catch said. the ball and that's all good and dandy. But I mean, he's going he's to have trouble, I think, getting open in the NFL. I think he's going to, you know, once he catches the ball, he's one of the, those guys that kind of just, oh, got the ball, oh, and I'm down. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I totally agree with everything you said there because so, I do have him ahead of Jesse James also, but still not interested in drafting him. So like kind of like maybe as a quick recap, Max Williams, we see is someone that has a uh, very high upside, like top, uh, you know, out of tight end ones could be a top, you know, four or five tight guy, end. Right. Yeah, top tier and guy. then, Potential. Uh, right. And Clive Walford could be anywhere from like maybe seven to 12 over time, you know? So, but more towards the back end of the yeah. a tight end one maybe ceiling, like tight end six, somewhere around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I was saying seven to 12, yeah, right. One up, one up, one up, All right, yeah. yeah. If you want to one up me, man. Yeah. And then, uh, and then for just for me, per- just talk for me personally, I see someone um, like Nick O'Leary on the outside of the tight end ones. What you know? The, he's on the outside. He's outside. There's some. He's there's far some enough potential. where you need binoculars to recognize his face. Okay. The way I, look at I would take a flyer on him. I would too, but like way later than these two guys are going. Absolutely. Hundred percent. We're talking late first, high second, mid second, the late second round pick on Clive, maybe even possibly high third, and then the rest of the guys are super late. Super late. Yes, absolutely. And to recap on the quarterbacks, take Winston. Take Winston for sure. Take him. Take yeah, him. there's no question. Mariota, me and Mike both think he will be good in the NFL. Right. But, but there's questions. But there's lots of questions. Therefore, you're a second-round pick. Brett Hundley, I hope he goes to Arizona. Right. Bryce Petty's Brandon Whedon, from I my would point t- of view. Right. But I Mike would take, take a flyer. And, and then, then I'm done. Cross and, me off. And I would take a risk on Garrett Grayson in the right, in the right spot. All right. And that's it. Cool. That's it. We've just we've gone through over the last couple, you know, like month and a half, covering all these rookies. There's a lot to talk about. Guess what? We'll have to do it all again after NFL draft. Hundred percent. This is the this is just like the appetizer. Getting you ready. Getting you ready. So when they announce the guys, you at least have an idea, uh-huh. a feeler. And uh, in the meantime, I mean, next week, I think we have one more show before the NFL draft. Yeah. Right. That's pretty exciting, huh? We do. Oh, I can't wait. Um, yeah, like it'll be two days before the day before the draft. I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, I can't wait. Awesome. Best time of the year. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, you can help us out by getting on iTunes and rating the site uh, on iTunes. Give us a review. Give us a review. We really appreciate that. It helps us get the podcast out there more as the podcast continues to grow every week. And if you really want to help the site out and enhance that wardrobe, and, you know, we had a couple of tweets out there with some lady, uh, what was that, uh, Patrick Ryder, tweeted us out with his shirt. With his uh, girlfriend or something that was, yeah, that, that shirt. That tweet was awesome. Sexifying that shirt. That right. was really, we encourage those tweets on right. a daily basis. Yeah, because that, that shirt probably looked better on her than him. Oh, I, sure. I don't know what he looks like. Looks better on me than me, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, was a, that was a great tweet. I saw that one. I'm like, oh, this, that shirt looks fantastic. Right. Um, so if you want to support the site, 
and be in a position. To, I mean, obviously it worked for him. Right. He, he proved it. He definitely didn't have that girl before he got that shirt. Oh, for sure did not nah. have that girl before he wore the shirt. Nah. Went out, had the shirt on, came home, left alone, came hot, back with her. Hot chick. And she's like, listen, before I go, you know, I'm taking off my shirt, but when I put a shirt back on, it's going to be that dynasty in your shirt. Right. And you're like, you're damn right. He just, he just got that shirt, picked yeah. up that girl, and then lost that shirt immediately. I expect you to be ordering another uh, shirt here soon, Patrick. Right. Um, and, yeah, if you want to support the site, you can get on DynastyNerds.com, click on the shop. You can buy a shirt. They're awesome shirts. I definitely want to get a shout-out to uh, Jamie Walton and Paul Hodges okay. from Center First Overseas Shot. Uh, Jamie lives in England. Oh, I think I saw and that And Paul lives in the U.K., and I want to give special shots out to them for ordering shirts all the way across seas, and they even paid the extra shipping cost to have them go overseas. So shout out to you guys, Paul and Jamie, and everybody else that's bought a shirt so far. There's I have a whole list in front of me of you guys that bought shirts as well, supporting the site. We really, really appreciate it. Heck yeah. I mean, we make almost no money on the shirts, but we'd like to know the shirts are out there circulating, supporting the site. And it's a good way to help support the shirts. I think every four shirts we sell pays for the podcast for the month. Oh, okay. So four of you guys need to step up and buy a shirt. And if you want to do something for free to support the site, besides clicking on DynastyNerds.com on a daily basis, is again going on iTunes. But until then, guys, next week we'll be back with you with a new show. No rookie talk next week, unless we hear any rumors. Okay. I don't know what next show is going to be about. Think of a topic, put it on Twitter. Yeah, maybe we'll put this one to Twitter. Yeah. It's going to be freaking sweet, I'll tell you that. For sure. Nerds rule. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, until then, have a good one. Sorry we're a day late. But we weren't a dollar short. No, we had to watch the Browns uniform reveal. I, I didn't know if I was telling you. Like, I, I don't care. Why we missed the show, why we, we recorded on Tuesday night is because we really wanted to watch the Browns uniform reveal. Yeah. And in hindsight, we should have just done the show. And DVR'd it. Because it's only 15 minutes worth of like, oh, okay. But I had to. I, I couldn't know later. And I, we would have been recording the show and I would have been on my phone. I would have been able to concentrate. And what makes it even worse, though, why we should have done the show yesterday is because the jerseys leaked online and we saw all the jerseys. Yeah, but I had to see them on the players. I had to see it live. Way better on right, the players. Absolutely. And since we're talking, I'm sure because people tweet at me, what's your opinion on the jersey? Yeah. I like them. I like them. I like them a lot. I do too. Some people hate the Browns on the side of the pants. Oh, I, think I like that. I, think that's I like the cool. Browns on the side of the pants. All right, I think that's awesome. I like the Cleveland across the chest. Yeah. Really like the brown and orange combo and love the all orange yeah. as well. I, I My favorite is the brown top. No, well, I like the all orange is my favorite, but then I like the brown and the orange, brown top, orange pants, and then the all white. Yes. And I like the, I like the brown top, orange pants. I also don't mind orange pants, white jersey. Right. Yeah. That one's cool too. The, my, the one that I least like is the orange jersey, white pants. Don't like that. And I don't like the all whites. I like the all whites. That's classic. It's classic, but to me, it's just like, I want a little bit more. And we'll wear those all the time. But to me, I want a little bit more. I just like, it's just me. I'd much rather see the brown jersey and orange pants. Like, I'd rather see that oh, all right. the time. Right. Like, I no, see I hear that. you. I That's hear like you. that Brian Sipe kind of. That's the Brian Sipe. The all whites, the Bernie Coes are. Yes, it is. And I, don't, I mean, to me. When and I the see, orange, orange jersey, white pants is Jeff Garcia. <laughs> Terrible. My guess is when I see the all white, I don't see, like, I don't think, like, major change. Because there's nothing. Okay. You know, it has a browns on the side. It says Cleveland on front. And, like, the stripe's different, whatever. But it's kind of like, uh. You know what I mean? Everything else is kind of, ooh, that looks, I love like the brown jerseys with the orange stitching. Yes. Like that's that. cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. She's like, oh, it says dog pound on the inside of the counter. I'm like, okay, that's whatever. Dog yeah. pound's got my back. But yes, I like the jerseys. Mike likes the jerseys. If you don't like our jerseys, you don't like the browns, well, 
Yeah, too I bad understand. for you. Sucks to be you, but it yeah. really, you know, one day we'll win. One day. And when it does, it's going to be better than any, this would be the most glorious day of my life. Absolutely, man. Sorry, kids. I know you were born, but this is more important. All right, all right. Enough, enough talk about our misery and love for the Browns because we love them so much. We'll get out of here on that note. Uh, until next week, guys, if you got any questions, hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. At Dynasty Nerd Mike. Hit up the site at Dynasty Nerds. Get on DynastyNerds.com. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Later. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.